Well, it's Wednesday the 26th of April. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Shadwicker here with you. Hanging out with Shane Lee once again to go through all things sport. But Shano, yesterday was, of course, Anzac Day. Uh, did you get around the dawn service, go to a few of the events? Didn't do the dawn service, but I always take the kids for a walk and um, so they can go up to and, and say hello to a few of the old diggers and, uh, and thank them for their services. I think Anzac Day to me, mate, is one of the great days in Australia and, and you know, I think kids don't understand how lucky we are to live in this country. Now, my biggest issue yesterday was I was that I was going to have a, a grass-fed or a grain-fed steak. You know, we're bloody lucky, mate. Oh yeah. So it's um, and the footy was great, and um, but it was nice to get out there and uh, try and explain to the kids what the day actually means, and how lucky we are, and what these people gave up for the privileges we have in this country today. Yeah, 100%, mate. And you did uh, touch on it there. I'll tell you what, the sport yesterday was oh. outrageous. Brilliant. Um, the quality of those games was spectacular, uh, which we will get into shortly. But today on the show, we will be chatting a little bit about tennis, uh, the world game in football, plus, of course, the AFL and NRL. So let's just get into it. Someone you love could die of a sudden cardiac arrest at any age, any fitness, at any time. More than 80% happen at home and chances of survival decrease by 10% every minute. And sadly, in Australia, around 50 people die from cardiac arrest a day while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. But now you can increase your chances of survival with CellAid, the world's first mini personal defibrillator. It's simple to use and as small as a block of chocolate. Every home should have a CellAid. It's really a lifesaver. Buy your CellAid at CellAid.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D dot I-O. Uh, let's talk the world game here. Not so much the football taking place on the field, but fans, look, <laughs> I mean, they would have been confused. Some may have been scared uh, in the cup final in Brazil. Do you want to describe exactly what this man was uh, dressed as? Well, it was a giant sort of puppet um, uh, of Pelé. Um, <laughs> Pelé had, we know, we know the, the great soccer player Pelé passed away last year at age 82, but so they've made some sort of huge puppet mm. where Pelé's smiling uh, and it came with a superhero cape and mm. you notice, and his fly was undone. So I don't. Yeah, his fly was undone, which is so weird. <laughs> was that, is that a nod to his nocturnal activities, or did, or did yeah. some mad fan just give him a mad head job before he walked down to the ground? I don't Mate, know what it happened. was it was such a strange thing to see. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, obviously, it means a ma- massive thing of obviously a dedication to one of the greats of this sport. Yeah. But the problem was, is the fly was undone, and you could see the guy manning it <laughs> underneath. And then he puts his hand out to give a thumbs up, which almost looks like the old Austin Powers hand holding the mm. um, apple with Mini-Me. <laughs> like he had, his, had his old fella hanging out there. I mean, what a great tribute to one of the greats of the sport. Anyway, <laughs> we should probably... Let's move on from that one, yep. We should probably move on. But, I mean, from one scandal to another, shouldn't we? Uh, mm. Financial this time, though. Juventus in a bit of uh, trouble at the moment as one of the glamour clubs. Look, looks set to. This is kind of happening to a lot of European clubs at the moment, but financial messes. Well, look, there's lots to this, and I'll try and summarise quickly. But so Juventus lost on the 20th of January. They lost 15 points and put them down to seventh um, in the uh, Series A uh, competition over there. But they've now been found and accused of lying to shareholders. Um, 
In the past five years, shareholders have injected around 700 million euros into the business. Um, but debt, listen to this, debt stands currently at 5.3 billion euros. So I, I don't know how somebody can continue to to run and trade when you have that much debt. And they keep playing, paying these players more and more money, but where's the... Where's the other side of the ledger here? I, I don't get it. Oh well, it's called a Saudi prince, but yeah. um, <laughs> like, I think I think that's probably going to be where the fix of the problem is going to be, mate. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a common occurrence through world football, though. Like even Barcelona was hit with these kind of issues of uh, you know trying to keep their books in mm. order when they yep. let Messi go. Uh, I think that it, it's it's kind of like that old adage of kicking the can down down the street. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of the financial decisions by some of these clubs are coming home to roost, which might shake up the landscape of, you know, world football, European sure. football sure. when it comes yep. to who the haves and the haves-nots are. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, speaking in football as well, let's get a little bit closer to home. I love these kind of moments, mm. um, you know, like something out of Antiques Roadshow, you know, when someone <laughs> rocks up and they go, oh, sorry, Martha, this thing's worth $1.6 million. He's like, oh, my God, it's been sitting in my attic for 17 years. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> After vanishing 69 years ago, nice, an Australian mm. sporting treasure has been discovered in a garage. In a garage. Um, they're cleaning out the garage and it was um, an Anzac well, it was described as Anzac soccer ashes, um, and it was a razor case carried by a soldier uh, at Gallipoli, um, and they got together in 1954 and decided they were going to make this the sort of trophy for the Trans-Tasman Cup soccer between Australia and New Zealand, um, and it sort of yeah, just went missing for all these years. It's now been found in the garage, and it's in perfect condition, so it's uh, I think that will be revitalised, and um, it's a beautiful little... Um, uh, treasure. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I've seen the picture of it. And I'm like, this is a fantastic idea mm. because apparently the story behind it was they're the ashes of a cigar smoked by Socceroos captain Alex Gibb and All Whites captain George Campbell after the first Trans Tasman match on Australian soil in 1923. Amazing. So I think that'd be awesome to kick that back off. As a uh, as an added rivalry, I think, for the I think world Bill game Clinton's got a similar one, doesn't he? Oh uh, yeah, but I think his is called uh, evidence. So <laughs> we'll have to leave that one uh, quickly before we take a break. We might mention this: Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, he scored himself a win at the Barcelona Open, uh, just getting a nice quick dip after the tournament. But what I want to know from you, Shano, mm-hmm. we've heard Novak is still still hasn't quite confirmed that he's not going to play the French. We know Nadal's not going to play the French. Do you think this is his to win, uh, his to lose, Carlos Alcaraz? He would probably go into the French Open as a favourite. He's just won Barca. This looks like it is time for who was the world number one at the beginning of the year to maybe get back up to the top of the rankings, one of the youngest yeah. players on tour. Oh, I think he's an unbackable favourite. Um, this is back-to-back Barcelona Opens. It's on the same surface. Um, he's got a nice little tradition now where he jumps in the pool and all the, the ball boys and ball girls jump in with him. But, um, look, Tsitsipas, he, he seems to lose quite a few big finals, but he's no pushover, he, and he just smoked him 6-3, 6-4. And he looks really good. And I think without Nadal there, um, and I think what you said the other day, mate, that Novak won't play the elbow, Mm. Um, it is so physically demanding playing on clay. They have to hit so many balls. You have to put so much topspin on the ball. It's just no good for your elbow. Mm. And I think you'll just try and sit this one out and go, you know what, I'll get it right for, for Wimbledon. Well, I think Novak's got one eye on the prize of great – well, probably both eyes, to be honest, on mm. I want to get to 25. 100%. Which would be an uns- – like just impossible, yeah. you would think, to see that achieved again in our lifetime. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think Alcaraz put a lot of money on Alcaraz to be – the top tennis player by the end of the year 
possibly, mm. if Novak can't he, score himself. He's only 19, slams. mate. He's 19 years of age, oh, this kid, and he's won two Barcelona Ravens already. He is an absolute freak. Uh, let's take mm. a quick break. We've got to chat NRL and AFL. Two awesome games of the NRL yesterday. Um, and also an absolute classic with the Pies and Bombers as well. So let's get into it. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. Uh, let's touch on AFL to kick things off. Our Magpies took on the Bombers yesterday, and, man, there were some big highlights throughout this one for an Anzac Day match. Uh, what were some of yours, mate? Well, mate, this was probably the most um, uh, anticipated Collingwood, Essendon, Anzac Day match in a long time. Um, Essendon coming in with really good form, so is Collingwood. Uh, they knew it was going to be close, and Essendon got out to an absolute flyer, three goals in front of 95,000 people. Don't forget, there was 94,000 the day before at the MCG. Jeez, they love their AFL. Um, but what a match, mate. You couldn't get any better on Anzac Day and show some real spirit. 28-point lead Essendon had going into the last quarter. And then enter Nick Dacos um, and, and eventually winning the Anzac Day medal. Um, 40 disposals, two goals, and they just stormed home to win 90-77. to 77, And it was a cracking match, mate. Loved it. Yeah, it was a great match. It's a shame that, uh, that the Magpies got up because their fans are absolute tools. And what I loved <laughs> from the uh, moment in the game, though, was even though Essendon lost, my highlight in this Pies at uh, Don's game was... Kyle Langford. I don't know if you saw this. He was on the <laughs> he was on the uh, on the boundary, and he mm-hmm. was uh, getting ready to line up to kick for a goal. The ball went into the crowd, and it was uh, you know obviously the fans got to pass it back. A, mag- yep. a Pies fan goes to hand him the ball, throws it on the ground instead of handing it to him, and basically flips him off. <laughs> So he picks up the ball and absolutely slots it yep. for a goal. And when he does, he turns around and points right at the Pies fan, probably at the one tooth that's in his mouth, uh, <laughs> just to say to him, have that one. Now, that was in the second. Obviously, Pies went on to win, but I loved that. Just instant karma to a bloke, yep. and they caught it on the broadcast, which I absolutely loved. Yeah. He, <laughs> but, he, wins, he wins a dickhead award, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> let's, um, let's go to the NRL here. Two... Yep. Absolute bells of the game. You must be proud of the performance, as I am. We both had losing sides mm-hmm. on yesterday. But um look, you know, pride doesn't get you four po- uh, get, get you the points in the end of two points, but um the Dragons really oh, yeah. surprised everyone, pushing the Roosters right to the end. They did. I was expecting it to be a bit of a uh, boil over. Thirty point I tipped the Roosters win by thirty, but um yeah, the Dragons did well, it was twenty six all. Um look the Roosters are up twenty six to ten with thirty minutes to play. Uh, Victor Radley once again getting sin bin. That's his third sin bin in three games. Like, come that on, mate. was that's an interesting one to mm. find what happens here because head clash seems to be from the replays. It does look like a head clash. I can see how his shoulder does eventually make contact, but mm. to send him to ten, yeah, for that seems outrageous. He's just got he's got a reputation now, hasn't he? Hundred percent, and I like Tedesco getting caught on mics, literally saying that to the ref. Yeah, if he had, if it was any other player, he'd still be on the field. Yeah, it was true. But I thought, I thought Manu and and, and Kiri looked 
the the halves look pretty smooth for the first time this year. I thought the Roosters, but mate, Tyrell Sloan, how good was he? Yeah, yeah, that try uh, was unreal. Oh. The inside step, just absolutely carving up in the backfield. I, it's interesting with your with your Dragon side. They've been in it. Mm. They've been in a few of these losses. They have still only two on the year, um, sitting down at thirteenth, but. It's really tough for me watching this team play when you know your coach. You knew your coach three rounds ago isn't going to be your coach next year. Yeah, no. Even it's earlier like, than that, really. Yeah. You can say in the off season. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That it's like the team's obviously still trying to play, but what are we doing? Can we? Can, can like Griffin should just leave already? But you've got to pull the bandaid off. You, you've got to end it because. The, but even him, like yeah, I know he's still going to get paid. I don't yeah. know why he's still sitting there. Yeah. Like, I don't know what this does for your job prospects, but it, it's it's. It's uh, it was a big battle um, up against the Roosters. I wonder though if this says more about the Roosters. They were looking great in the first half, mm. and then just started to fall apart. Does it say more positive things about the Dragons than negative things about the Roosters with that game? Do you think? Oh, I think it's a bit of both, man. I, I just don't think the Roosters are the team that we thought they were going to be at the start of the season. Um, on paper, they look great, but are the few of these players just getting a little bit slower, a little bit older? Um, Tedesco was fantastic once again, but um, yeah, and Kiri to get that bloody field goal to, to slot him to victory was I thought was really good. But yeah, I think it's a bit of both, mate. I, th- I don't think the Roosters are look. They're going to. I still think they'll push the top four, but just. Well, I fancy uh, your Dragons' chances against the Bulldogs next week. To be honest, let's talk mm. about the other game: uh, the Storm taking on the Warriors. An Anzac-level performance is what yes. people are labelling as for the Warriors there. This was a side, the two sides that had a 70-10 to 10 flogging last mm. year. Mm. Uh, the Warriors were up early. Uh, and then they had, I feel like it's a bit questionable, but no doubt he'll probably get suspended. The head slam from uh, Walker yes. that had him off uh, the back end of the second half. They went out and started the second half down a man, still managed to score. DWZ played amazing for the Warriors. The Storm looking still a little bit clunky mm. as a side this yep. year, which is going to be, I think, the story for them throughout the year. Uh, you know, nothing to take away from the Storm's effort, but I think the Warriors were pretty hard done by, even though I am a fan, with a couple of calls on the back end there. They had an empty bench, and then to have uh, a few of these calls that some would label 50-50. I don't know how you can say that that try by Meany, uh that try that um, was obviously a knock-on by every replay I 100%, saw. 100%. You could see that yes. the Storm player had tape on his wrist and you yep. could see his fingers touch the ball. Yep. I have no idea how that can't be called as a knock-on. Mm. It blows my mind and that was a bit of a, a breaking of the Warriors. But, you know, to play against a side like the Storm with no bench for pretty much the entire, well, what, yeah, majority of the second half mm. um, was a huge effort from the Warriors. It's just unfortunate that, you know, Pride doesn't give you points. But this Warriors side is different this year. Are we believing this team to be a top eight side? I think we are. I think we are. I think I think they look good. And, and it's amazing what, uh, you know, uh, an event like Anzac Day does for the morale and, and how it can inspire players. And um, it definitely lifted them yesterday. And they need to take that sort of same energy in the rest of the season because they'll beat most teams with that energy, I reckon. Yeah, it's interesting too. Like the the presser afterwards, Webster was saying, and and he just you know you got to feel for him. I, and people probably don't realize this. We're talking about how well the Warriors have been playing a different kind of game. They've got way mm-hmm. better structure under Webster. They seem to know what they're doing. Yep. When they're getting down the other end, they're playing for repeat sets, which is not something the Warriors you'd see often with them a few years in the past. But um, yeah, they've been playing with injuries all year. Webster yeah. made the comment. He's like, man, I'd just give anything to have one week where we have our full starting squad. 
Like, and now you're not going to get that for a few more weeks. Tohu Harris, Jazz Tavanga out. Uh, they're going to have Shans probably out for the 11 day stand down because I think it was a Cat One concussion for him. Um, it's going to be tough for them next week when they have to take on the Roosters. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think it's a, it was a great game of footy on the weekend but for both those NRL games. Yeah, I loved it. Tight, tough contests, which were impressive. We're going to do one more thing on the NRL before we finish up here because it is the biggest story today. Jack White and to the Rabbitohs. It was announced yesterday afternoon. Uh, and now Ricky Stewart has kicked all of his toys out of the cot. Yeah, again. And the Raiders are now complaining about this contract. And now the NRL has said that they will be looking at it. How does the Rabbitohs have this kind of scrutiny on their contract when the Roosters sign five players or 150 players in the offseason? Oh, I, I, I don't <laughs> get it. Um, they were saying that Canberra offered him about 4.4 over four years. Dolphins about four over four years. Um, mm. He's definitely taken less to go to South. Um, it works a, out to be about a million over the over the course of the contract. Yeah, which is a lot. So he obviously wants to win a premiership, which I think is fantastic mm. for him. And um, yeah, good on him. And uh, the only thing I, I can think is that is is he getting paid somewhere else? <laughs> well, I was talking to I was talking to Sam Thayday about this, and he said one of the things that people probably forget is White and plays Indigenous All Stars along with the He Obviously, wants to play with That's some of those point. guys, yeah. New South Wales players and Souths have a very prominent Indigenous pathways and support uh, program. Oh, so it might be a decision for after football, which is something that Thayday does with the Broncos with Deadly Choices and stuff as well, which is what am I going to do afterwards? I, I think can go and be a part of these programs, which places like Canberra won't have. Also, these people are talking like they've never been to Canberra before. Canberra yeah, no. sucks. Yeah, no. Of course he's going to take a million dollars less just to get out of Canberra. <laughs> well, mate, you know the big thing is too, I, I think that Jack White, and I think as a footballer, he's sort of, he's plateaued, and I think this is what the injection he needs, because I, I think he's got another two, three years of good football in him, at least, mm. and um, and this could be the energy that he needs to, to get, I think, to really fulfil his, um, his talent. Yeah, and also, why can't a player take a little bit less just because two teams have... Like, what's the logic there? Are they no, no. saying, oh, because the Raiders offered more and the Dolphins offered more, he has to take a higher no. contract? That's what I play you with, that's what play with Ricky. That. Yeah, you sit there and say that, and then you complain about players taking bigger money. That's right. And you're like, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous that the NRL is even bowing this to Ricky Stewart, and I think that uh, it's pretty clear and obvious that Ricky has a lot of good mates in the media. Mm. Yep. that are really propping up his agenda here at the moment because look at this Raiders side. After they made that grand final, great. But outside mm-hmm. of that one year, they have been a basket attack yep. case. A yep. noisy, disruptive, not that good team. <laughs> and true. and I think that, you know, writing's on the wall here for Ricky Stewart. He's not the saviour that you thought, Canberra. Nope. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what the, uh, what the NRL's decision is on that one. Well, that's it for afternoon sport today, so make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. But before we go, Shano, a big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors, Elite Bet. It's the only betting app you'll ever need. Now, we'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sports. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Afternoon sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com.